Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Welcome in, podcast listeners. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. We are diving into all of the insanity that happened yesterday and particularly why it happened. Also encourage you to go check out the long-form discussion I had of that at OutKick, a video up there for about 40 minutes, me talking about what's going on in the country right now. Frank Isola swings by Jeff Schwartz as well. We talk about the NFL playoffs, college football playoffs as well, and encourage your five-star reviews and I try to go on my laptop and it all dies. We'll see how all this goes. This is the Outkick podcast. It begins now. Uh, usually it's live from 6 to 9, but you get the podcast now. Go give us five stars. Thanks for hanging. Outkick the coverage with Clay Travis live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the coverage at foxsportsradio.com. Or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. I appreciate all of you spending your time with us. Another wild day. If you thought flipping the calendar from 2020 to 2021 was going to change things, well, uh, it was a wild day. Uh, as the fallout from 2020's election continued to play out and uh, and implicate uh, people across the spectrum of the country, regardless of how you voted or what you believe. Um, and I talked about this a lot yesterday on my OutKick show, um, but I think in the broad picture, and I don't know about you guys, but I'm curious what the crew thinks. We have become, in a social media age, so obsessed with letting everybody know all of our emotions all day long, every day, that everything is a perpetual powder keg. 
And I was thinking about this in the context of sports. What having a phone with the ability to communicate with everyone does to the way we consume sports, does to the way that we think, and everything associated with it. There are some great things about social media, right? Like this idea that anything is 100% bad or 100% good is almost always wrong. But I do think that there's a balancing act in everything. And let me talk about what I mean in terms of emotion and a constant, uh, you know, almost teenage angst that seems to be gripping the country. When you have your phone and you have a Twitter or Instagram, Facebook, what you know, what Snapchat, whatever you've got, and you're watching sports live, and you can instantaneously react, that can make social media one of the best sports bars on the planet, right? Because you might be a dad or mom sitting alone at home watching a basketball or football game late at night or during the day or whatever it may be, and something happens and you can immediately react to a game and you can share in that experience. And it can be, oh my God, this is amazing. Oh my God, this is awful. What in the world are people thinking? All of those things, right? Instantaneous emotion can be a good thing because it can spread joy more rapidly. It can spread excitement. All of those factors are big moments, right? But it can also be a situation where everything spreads and it's not in any way helpful or constructive, right? And I guess what I mean by that is there's an analogy out there uh, that, that, that I was kind of that I was kind of grappling with, where what social media does is it allows emotion all the time to triumph over logic. And we are being sliced and diced by all of the tech companies in a way that emotion spreads. They make all their money off of emotion as opposed to fact. And whatever you believe in the country, whatever political opinion you have, whatever opinions you have, the internet has a niche to convince you that your opinion is correct. There is an anecdote that supports the idea that your opinion is correct. And so what it does is it leads people further down the rabbit hole often of absurdity. And that's why on this show, one of the reasons why I think we have dominated and continue to dominate is I keep coming back to what I think is the most integral part of American life. It is the idea that your facts have to be right in order for your opinions to have any legitimacy at all. And what often has happened, I believe, is we have confused facts for opinions. A lot of people can't distinguish between the two. And social media means that we are constantly awash in opinions that a lot of people get confused into believing are facts. And let me give you an example of that. And this is an analogy I've used before, but I just want you to keep it in the back of your mind occasionally and think about it when 
you are developing what your own opinions might be, right? Tom Brady is about to start the playoffs. Uh, and the Bucs are going to go on the road against Washington. Bucks, by the way, around an eight-point favorite in that game. If I came on this morning with you and I said, I don't think Tom Brady and the Bucks are going to win the Super Bowl this year. That's an opinion, right? You listen to this show for a lot of my opinions. And you could be driving around in your car. You could be starting off your morning. You could be like, and I could build on that, right? I could build on that opinion and tell you why I don't believe it's going to happen, right? I don't think Tom Brady and the Bucks are going to win the Super Bowl. I do think they're going to beat Washington this weekend. But then if you look at the NFC playoffs, I don't feel very confident that they're going to go on the road against Green Bay, which would be the most likely opponent that Tampa Bay Buccaneers would have next. I'd like to watch Tom Brady go up against Aaron Rodgers. But I think that'd be a tough game. And then they would have to go on the road, theoretically, against either the Saints or the Seahawks. That's a tough road for Tom Brady to get to the Super Bowl. So I can say pretty easily, that's to win three games, we know, because they're the five seed, the Bucs do, in order to go to the Super Bowl. I can lay that out for you, and you can agree or disagree with that opinion that I just laid out for you. And if you agree with me, some of you are like nodding around in your, your car right now, like, yeah, you know what, I, I agree with Clay. I, I don't think that, uh, that the, the Bucks are going to go. And I just laid out my rationale for why I don't think Tom Brady is going to win the Super Bowl or go to the Super Bowl this year. The factual basis upon which I based my argument is realistic, right? Like those different aspects of why I believe that makes sense. Now, if I said to you, I don't believe Tom Brady is going to win the Super Bowl, and then I said, because he's never been to the Super Bowl before in his career, you can agree with my conclusion but you should trust my opinion less even though you agree with my conclusion because the factual basis upon which I'm relying to reach my conclusion is wrong. Brady has actually been to nine Super Bowls. He's won six before. So if I say he's never been to the Super Bowl and if I also add in that he's never won the Super Bowl before, you can agree with my conclusion that he's not going to win the Super Bowl this year, but you should trust my opinion less because my facts are wrong that have gotten me to that conclusion. And all too often what I see in this country is people are more concerned with where you end up than how you get there. And what frustrates some people who don't listen carefully to this show is they don't understand that Whether you agree or disagree with me, all of my opinions are rooted in factual basis. And the only thing I ever apologize for on this show are when my opinions are rooted in facts that turn out to be incorrect. If I have a misperception or if I'm misapplying a fact or if the fact is wrong, then it leads to an opinion that isn't as valid as it otherwise might have been. And one of the things that I think is the biggest flaw that we have in America today is that failure to understand the difference between facts and opinions. 
Because we can disagree on a variety of different subjects under the sun, sports or otherwise. But our disagreement needs to be founded in a factual basis of reality. Does that make sense? And sports are an interesting metaphor through which we can explore the challenge here. And sports fans kind of know that intuitively, right? If you're a sports fan and you're out at the sports bar and you're having an argument or, and I don't mean argument like in the sense where you're both screaming, but just like you're, you're on different sides of an equation. If a guy or girl doesn't have good facts, then you should trust their opinion less. Unfortunately, what we often end up with here is people skip over the logic by which opinions are reached and they end up only at the conclusion. So this is fascinating in general, the way that this all is breaking down and you add all of that together with an emotional powder keg and you end up with situations like happened yesterday at the Capitol. And by the way, The other thing I would say is this. You have to stop assuming, and this is the lawyer in me, you have to stop assuming that anybody is either 100% right or 100% wrong. Because when you believe you're 100% right or someone else is 100% wrong, that's oftentimes when violence ensues. The reality is, even the person that you think you have the least in common with, you probably overlap with a lot of opinions. And so this idea that we have sort of this Disney-fied universe that social media has created where the latest mob target is the worst human being that's ever existed, it's just flawed, right? The people who were angry about Trump are feeling the same emotions as the people who were angry about protesting back in the summer surrounding all of the social unrest. The emotion is the same. The way that they get there is different, but the emotion is the same. And my position is consistent. Violence during protest is wrong, right? Period. Whether your violent protest is motivated by right-wing political beliefs, left-wing political beliefs, whatever the reason is, violence during protest is wrong. And it's amazing to me how many people in this country make a living today only criticizing people on one side of an equation and not another. And I'm going to finish with this analogy. And then I'll bring in the crew uh, for a moment here, and then we're going to talk with Frank Isola. When I started doing Sports Talk Radio uh, in in the local market of Nashville, where I grew up, one of the things we used to talk a lot about, uh, and I still talk about this a decent amount is college football right in particular SEC football SEC football is the most passionate sport in the entire country in my opinion the people who are SEC fans care more about their team than anybody cares about any team in all of America I really 100% believe that having covered sports all over this country having to gotten to be to just about every sporting event you can imagine I think the the slogan, it, it means more, really is true. But with that passion can come an inability to get outside of your own biases and outside of your own head. And I want to illustrate this for an example. And this will happen, I think you can apply it to any different sports perspective, but it particularly applies 
to college football, which always seems to be rife with corruption in general. If one of your school, if one of your rival schools historically was accused of buying a player, breaking NCAA rules, and paying a player, the immediate reaction of any SEC fan was always, of course, insert school here would do that. Like, I grew up a University of Tennessee fan. If Alabama or Florida or Georgia, who are the three biggest rivals of the University of Tennessee, really, is accused of buying a player, then for a long time, Tennessee fans would immediately say, oh, of course, that's what Alabama or Florida or Georgia would do, right? Or if one of their players got in trouble, be like, oh, yeah, of course, that's because insert coach here runs a trashy program, and they would want everything possible thrown at that school in terms of a punishment. But if their same school, the school they root for, was accused of the same thing, they would immediately take a step back and they would argue, oh, this isn't really what's at play here. See, there's a difference between what my school did and what that other school did. In other words, they give their side the benefit of the doubt. They presume that that their side is not in the wrong while they believe the other side is 100% in the wrong and that the accusations are accurate and everything associated with that. Well, that difference, using sports as, a, uh, as, as an interesting analogy, that difference represents bias, right? The way you treat somebody that you are predisposed to be in favor of, your favorite team, your favorite political party, your favorite politician, the way you treat and give the benefit of the doubt to that side and compared to how much you criticize the other side, that's your bias. And so you have to be willing, and this is why I spend so much time talking about precedent and the way that you apply facts and logic and rules to cases, you have to be willing to treat situations the same whether they involve your favored side or not. And if you can't do that, that is your bias speaking. And we are all predisposed to favor the things that we are on the side of. Sports teams are a perfect analogy because to a large extent, our fandom can blind us to reality. It's why so many Baltimore Raven fans showed up in Ray Rice jerseys right after he knocked out his fiance. Remember, people forget this, but the first practice right after Ray Rice was found to have knocked out his fiance, before the Ravens cut bait with him, before that video came out, we knew what happened. But a bunch of people showed up for the Ravens practice wearing Ray Rice jerseys because he was one of them. He was their guy. They were willing to overlook behavior that if it had been a Pittsburgh Steeler or if it had been a Cleveland Brown or if it had been somebody in their division that had done it, they would have never overlooked. That's bias. That's what fandom often is. It's a blind bias in favor of your team not paying attention to what the actual data or facts are underlying it. And if you're treating Ray Rice, let's say, 
different than you would treat uh, Ben Roethlisberger or Odell Beckham Jr. in your division if they had done or been accused of the same thing. That is a bias that you are giving in favor of the guy on quote-unquote your side. And my argument is we have to spend more time trying to apply consistent standards regardless of who is quote on your side or the other. Does that make sense? And that's what I try to do on this show on a daily basis. And I think it's rare in sports media to have somebody who does that, which is why I think this show is dominating compared to most other shows out there in the marketplace. Because intuitively, if you listen for a long enough time, you come to understand that there is a logic and factual basis undergirding my opinions. It doesn't mean you have to agree. But that's why over time, I what I hear from people, one of the most consistent things I hear is, when I first started listening to you, I thought, man, this guy's a jerk. This guy is super, uh, super opinionated. Uh, he's, uh, he's, he's cocky. Like whatever insult you want to throw out there. We've been doing this for five years now nationwide, and the audience just keeps exploding because the more you listen, the more people are like, oh, wait, there's kind of a logic to what this guy is saying, and there's a foundation upon which his opinions are based, and they make sense logically over time. I'm not one of these hot take artists who comes out one day with one opinion, and then the next week I've got totally a different opinion that isn't rooted in any kind of logical fact. Does that make sense, Danny G? Like trying to, and, and I think the issue that the country has today is again that failure to distinguish between fact and opinion, and it's just it's just running rampant on social media all day long, every day. But I know you have been doing the show for five years, and I know you see some of that too. People who said that they initially hated me, they start to listen, and they're like, "Oh, actually, I I you know I don't know what's happened to me, but I'm starting to agree." It's like that Alonzo Morning. Uh, you know, meme that's out there. I think it's a meme uh, where uh, my kids are experts in memes, not me, where he's like sitting on the bench in his Miami Heat jersey and he starts off shaking his head no. And then by the end, he's starting to shake his head yes. Um, I, I think there's a there's a great deal of that that goes on with listeners every day. Oh, yeah. And I still see it. Uh, yesterday, I watched part of your OutKick show. Yeah. And also, I was looking at a lot of the comments underneath your post about how violence isn't the way to go if you're on either side and boy your comments blew up because not everybody agreed with you on that either um yeah you were examining social media to start your monologue there and i think that's a really interesting topic right now because i don't we've talked about facebook before on the show because of your wife and the experience she had with a family member on facebook and i feel the same way about that platform i rarely go on there i rarely post anything but i do check in because I have a lot of family on there, obviously, high school friends, people like that. But, man, yesterday I logged on to my Facebook, and it was an emotional meltdown. Oh, yeah. I mean, family members going at it, friends going at it, people I went to school with arguing with each other. I logged off of there, and it's the first time I was, like, happy to see a dumb inspirational quote from an Instagram girl <laughs> where it was an excuse for her to pose in, in yoga her pants, bikini. Like, uh, yeah, no, yeah. a friend of mine right now, she's in Hawaii, and she's just oblivious to everything that was going on yesterday. And she had like, you know, you can scroll sideways through all the different pictures. She had like 10 photos of 10 different bikinis on these beaches in Hawaii 
with stupid inspirational quotes as an excuse to post the bikini pictures. Yeah. And I was so jealous of her. I was like, man, I wish I was on that beach in Hawaii right now, oblivious to everything that's happening. Um, that explains Instagram. And then I go to Twitter, and Twitter obviously is fun, and it's good for what we do in radio because it gives us instant reaction. And news. And news. And it's fun for sports, too. But it's also a lot of faceless people where you don't exactly know who it might be on the other end. And it could be a blank profile picture or a number in the handle. And so it's a lot of like burner accounts and things like that where it's different than Facebook. It's a little different than Instagram. You examining and other people uh, with a national platform examining social media and how we use it in our country, I think is a really interesting topic for all of us right now because one thing I started to do recently is I have been unplugging from social media on the weekend. Yeah. I check in a couple of times, and it's usually just about sports or whatever with our listeners. But other than that, I'm not posting my life. I'm not posting everything that's going on. I'll maybe just throw one or two posts up and something about a game I'm watching, and that's it. And I unplug, and I don't go to Instagram, and I haven't been going to Facebook at all. It's so nice just to unplug from it. We are all so hooked on our electronic devices nowadays that you're right. People's emotions on there. It's interesting. Obviously, there could be professors teaching classes right now about what I, is I happening just, in our country with social media. I just don't think people ha understand what is occurring with the social media companies. Their entire business model is predicated on emotion. Because the more emotional you are on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, whatever it may be, the more time you spend on their on their apps and the more it takes you outside of the real world. Now, I'm in an ironic spot because my business is the media, right? My business is news. My business is opinion. So I have to be for my job on Twitter a lot. But you know what? I, I don't remember the last time that I went to Facebook. I'm on Instagram a very small amount of the time, and if I didn't have my job, I don't think I would spend hardly any time at all on social media because I don't think it's particularly constructive in terms of a way to spend your time. But the big, uh, the big takeaway here in terms of what it's done to sports and politics is it's just created a lot of emotion, and emotion oftentimes is the enemy of logic. And... It's also created a world where I don't think it's a coincidence that Trump was the most disliked Republican to ever be nominated in 2016, and Hillary was the most disliked Democrat to ever be nominated in 2016. We nominated, as a country, the two most disliked people to run for president in 2016, which to me is a culmination of the overall sports media, uh, sorry, uh, social media era. And what ended up happening there is we have moved from, I want to pick somebody that the other side is going to like because it makes them more likely to win an election, to I am going to pick someone that the other side hates, right? The people who are uh, able to provoke a reaction on the other side the most are the people who are the most popular on social media and therefore, it's how they end up getting the nomination. It's, it's, we just don't know, I don't believe, all of the impacts that social media has unleashed, the hurricane that it has sown in our country, 
And I think we're reaping the whirlwind right now on both sides, the violence from the summer and uh, the violence that we saw yesterday. They're both rooted in the same thing. It's emotion. And emotion is being fueled by social media on a day-to-day basis. Just want you to think about it um, and be cognizant of it, especially that difference between facts and opinions. When we come back, we'll be joined by Frank Isola, as we usually are, ESPN's Frank Isola, as well as, uh, as also Sirius XM's. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o o who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. we got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters? Learning to fish like a local with Fishing Booker. Hey, Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. There's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day, and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide. With FishingBooker.com, you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips. Use Fishing Booker's easy-to-use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their tricks of the trade create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location species salt versus freshwater and more plus it's smooth sailing with fishing bookers simple online payment method you'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local start your angling adventure now with fishing booker visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today fishing booker fishing trips made easy 
Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Firestone tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installer near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerackcom sports to see their firestone test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerackcom sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be Frank Isola joining us now at the Frank Isola on Twitter. Frank, how much time do you spend on social media every day? <laughs> well, I mean, the job that we have, and especially when I was you know, working for a newspaper, it was a lot of time. I mean, probably too much. But I'm only on Twitter. I do Instagram, but I'm not big into taking pictures of myself. So, yeah. to, so Instagram, not as much. But Twitter, definitely. Because, I mean, you still get news. Yeah. news it seems like more opinion than news on Twitter these days. Yeah, so I, I am I am just fascinated. We're eventually, I think there will be a really good history of this era written. Um, and and when I say that, I mean, you know, when we're all super old, right? And and really, a hundred years from now is when the really great histories will probably be written. As anybody out there who likes to study history knows, um, you know, a lot of times we don't. When you're in the moment, it's hard to see the larger context of the moment. And so it sometimes takes 100 years for everybody to make sense of everything that was going on. And so our grandchildren or great-grandchildren will be reading books about this era, and uh, they'll be bestsellers. I, I don't know what a book will look like in 100 years, but they'll be bestsellers. <laughs> and everybody will kind of be like, oh, my God, this is this is amazing, you know, and unbelievable and, and extraordinary and all these different events that came together. And they'll be able to see – the bigger picture, the tapestry of all the different threads that connect, and somebody will be able to tell the definitive story of this era, and it will make sense in, in a way 100 years from now that it doesn't now, in the same way that immediately after, say, the Battle of Gettysburg, it's hard to really understand the significance of Gettysburg a month after it happened, a year after it happened even, but eventually the magisterial works on the Civil War are written, and everybody can kind of see the larger context. But I do know that social media is going to be a huge part of that story because I think it has created a revolutionary tide in so many different directions and people really haven't understood yet what the impact of having communication devices that can share with everyone instantaneously in the entire world with virtually no editing. And I want to use this as an example because you've been in the newspaper business for a long time. It used to be, if you had a story that you wanted to get out there, how long did it take you to get a story from seeing that story to actually having it appear in print in the newspaper on a typical basis when you started your career? Yeah, I I know where you're going. And how many people did it have to go through in order for somebody to be able to walk up on the street and buy something, uh, you know, while they're starting off their morning coffee I'm old school in the sense, I think we've talked about this before, 
I, I am an old school, even though I'm 41, I'm like right on the edge of the newspaper era. But for me as a, you know, kid, there was nothing better. And I, I'm talking about like 15, 16, 17, 18 year old. I'd love to have like five newspapers to start off my morning yeah, and just go through them all and devour that information and see all the different stories. Uh, I remember when I was in college, they were having ki- issues with kids reading newspapers. And so at my dorm at George Washington University, they would give out the New York Times, uh, the, uh, the Washington Post, the Wall Street Journal, the USA Today, all of them, you know, right there in the front lobby. They were completely free. And so every day I'd go grab all four of those print newspapers and I would read all four of them, right? Like just devour them. Uh, loved it, right? To see the different way that the stories are being covered and the different publications and all of those different, reading the editorial pages, everything else. But what had to happen in order for that news to get to me, there was like a huge chain, right? So I'm just, for a lot of people out there don't really know this or haven't really thought about it. So in order for your story to make it out onto the street for somebody to be able to read it. And let's say it wasn't that long ago. Let's say like 1995. What had to happen in order for that to occur? How long did that take? Yeah. How many people had to see it? Yeah, and especially depending on the importance of the story where there could be a legal issue, you know, at least two people are going to read it pretty thoroughly. Then what happens is that first edition, after that edition goes to press, because usually in New York there's multiple editions, then that's being read again for fact-checking. So yes. a lot goes into it. It's not just tweeting something out, and that's what's happened, too. I think there was a lot more, what you're talking about is an era where there was probably a lot more trust in the media. But now everybody has an opinion, and everybody has a chance to express it right away, which in some ways is a good thing. some ways it's a bad thing, because I think sometimes not every opinion is necessarily based in facts, and everyone just jumps to conclusions right away on so many things and you can do it in social media and then and then you kind of a lot of times people follow people that they kind of agree with so it just creates kind of an echo chamber well that's right exactly and and what i'm getting at is every single person has more power today from their social media accounts to distribute a story than the most successful journalist in america would have had in like 1993 Right? I mean, think about how crazy that is. You know, you can create, anybody out there listening to us right now, the most viral, instantaneous story of the day with no editorial constraints, with no one involved other than the time it takes for them to go onto their social media account and post something. And I don't think Americans really have come to grips with understanding that the power that comes with a social media account is more powerful than, uh, in terms of lack of oversight, than the most powerful reporter would have had in, like, 1993 or 1994 in this country, right? I mean, that's wild to think about. Clay, think about this. How many times have we seen things reported that then they found that it came from a fake account? Yeah. You know, that that happens a lot. And I think, think too, you know, you look at two examples from sports and then from politics. Look at, like, LeBron James. And his Twitter account, which he's used to build his brand, and obviously he could reach, he could basically bypass, and a lot of athletes do this, and they can kind of bypass the reporter and speak directly to their fans. And obviously the extreme case would be the president. Look at, like, Twitter for him. Twitter for him, in a lot of ways, I think people liked it because they felt, oh, look at this, he's unfiltered, but in a lot of ways it hurt him. I think I've, I think I've heard you mention that before, too. I think a lot of times people focus too much on the things, the things that he's tweeting and that's another extreme. I mean, I think there are times when he's tweeting stuff where you think, this is the President of the United States, 
that's tweeting it. It's hard to believe. So everyone, I mean, from the top athletes to entertainers to politicians, they, they all got kind of involved in this game. And can you come back with us to close out a uh, segment here? Because we got a little bit late with the Open. You got a little bit more time or you got to run? Yeah, I got to run. I got to, I got to work, Clay. I'm like you. I got right. a million Well, we will here. talk to you next week. It's really well right. said. Uh, we went over a little bit. Uh, knock it out this morning. We appreciate you coming on. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Bye, bye. Yeah, thank you. That's uh, Frank Isola at the Frank Isola. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. And you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield? wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. we got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters? Learning to fish like a local with Fishing Booker. Hey, Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. There's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day, and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide. With FishingBooker.com, you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips. Use Fishing Booker's easy-to-use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their trips 
tricks of the trade. Create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location, species, salt versus freshwater, and more. Plus, it's smooth sailing with Fishing Booker's simple online payment method. You'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local. Start your angling adventure now with Fishing Booker. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of hand-cooked tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended install near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerack.com sports to see their hand-cooked test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerack.com sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be uh, welcome back in. We were uh, breaking down everything in the crazy world. I- I'm curious. You're the youngest on the show, Dub. How, like, do you check and see how many hours you spend on your phone, um, and how much of that is social media based? Uh, no, I don't. But off the top of my head, I mean, I never get on Facebook either, and it's weird to say because I'm part of the like Facebook generation, if you will. Like, Facebook became really popular as I was going into high school, and that's when all my friends started, yeah, like creating profiles and all that. And it's interesting to see the change in dynamic in Facebook because I can speak for myself and a lot of other people my age, I rarely get on Facebook. And now it seems like the roles are reversed with our parents because, you know, in 2008, 2009, they were the ones saying, oh, you need to, you know, delete your Facebook. You need to get off Facebook, all that kind of talk. And now the roles have kind of reversed and it's the younger generation telling their parents, hey, you need to get off of Facebook and spend less time on Facebook. Yeah, it's funny. Um I, you know, it, it it is interesting the way that what mediums people use shift because as soon as uh, they become popular with parents or older people, kids find something new uh, and there's always that new iteration, something else like the party is not cool anymore as soon as mom and dad show up. And so, you know, we've evolved. If you think about the way that social media networks have moved, we've gone from Facebook to Instagram to TikTok, uh, Twitter's kind of, I would say, somewhat consistent in there uh, because it's primarily a news source um, and also an opinion source, but it's a media-driven site. And, um, and along the way, we are just drowning in opinion, just drowning in it. And I, I, don't, I would not spend any time, I don't think, on social media if I had a quote-unquote normal job. I mean... I go into Instagram every now and then, um, and the thing that I like to see, maybe I'm like, like the, the rarity, I like to see people's kids. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like an old man, but I'm like, uh, you know, I like to see people on uh, vacation. I like to see their kids. Like, the those are the things that I'm interested in seeing. I don't really have any interest in anybody's opinion, right? Like, the last thing I want to know is – what is my uh, what is somebody that I was in high school economics class with think about the current state of politics today? 
Like, I, I just, I don't care. Like, I didn't really care what their opinion was when I was in high school with them. Like, why would I care what their opinion is now? And I think that the way that those, uh, the way, and, and but I do care. Like, hey, they have kids now, or they went to Disney World, or those are the things that I would care about. It seems like the algorithm is slanted in a way for me to care about all of their political opinions. Right? Like, I don't remember the last time I went into Facebook and checked anything. I really legitimately don't. Like, I mean, my my individual private Facebook account where I follow the people that I went to high school with or the people that I went to college with before I became a public figure. And I just, I really don't care. Like, if you don't text me and I don't interact with you on a face-to-face basis... Why would I care about your opinion on anything under the sun? I'm just utterly fascinated by the entire universe that social media has unlocked. And I don't know how we put the proverbial genie back in the bottle in a way that um, in a way that it's in some way reasonable going forward. Does that make sense? Eddie, are you on Facebook at all? Like, do you spend any time there? Like, we're all in the public arena in some way. We're responsible for our opinions on a day-to-day basis. And I share those opinions, but I really just, I, I find it crazy that everybody would share their opinions all day long on everything when it's not their job to do so. Yes, I am on Facebook. Uh, it seems do like you post? Rarely. Uh, and when I do, it's usually something that I think friends and family want to know about. Right. But I, I don't ever get on there and just rant about something that's, you know, upsetting me or I feel people need to know about. It. Never do that. I'm just I'm, I want to unpack that a little bit more. Maybe it's unique for us. I'll open up the phone lines eight seven seven nine nine six six three six nine if anybody wants to weigh in. But I want to unpack this a little bit more. Also, the NFL playoffs. This is Outkick. This is Outkick. The coverage with Clay Travis. Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. 
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.